Hollyville. Written and read by T. Maximilian Defoe. Mollyville. Humble Beginnings. Chapter One. Bjorn Olsen wasn't thinking he wanted much from Goldie when he first started sniffing around her. She was interesting, that was all. And beautiful. Okay. Even her hair was awe-inspiring. She had so much of it. She seemed to have a lot of everything. Not too much ass, though. But that was okay. Too much ass wasn't always a good thing. Bjorn knew that. Knew it well. It was Goldie's smile he found intriguing. The first time Bjorn spoke to Goldie was at the opening night of an art show. She'd been standing alone, admiring a piece called Nobody at Home. It was a table under which lay the empty web of what would have to be a spider the size of a garden gnome, created to look lived in and realistic in black chrome and blown glass. Bjorn glanced at the ticket attached to the podium near the piece. Sold. Something you wanted? Bjorn asked Goldie, smiling, but not, he hoped, too big. I want all of these pieces. Goldie gestured to the entire showroom of staged suites. I like some of the other furniture, too. Bjorn laughed unexpectedly. You remind me of my wife, more interested in whatever's not for sale. Goldie's face maintained its glow, but her openness receded. Bjorn, having witnessed the change he'd inspired in her, instantly felt sorry. It's one of my favorite things about Eva, he finished, as though he'd intended to end the sentence that way all along, which he hadn't, but what he said was true. He did love Eva's disregard for boundaries. It excited him, and so did this woman, who he genuinely hoped he hadn't turned off. She sounds like someone I'd like, replied Goldie, contemplating something across the room. Bjorn fought with himself not to turn around and see for himself exactly what the fuck she was looking at that was so goddamned engaging. He already knew he was the best-looking man in the room. No other man in here came close, not even the waiters. He'd looked at all the other men's asses, too. There were a couple of contenders in the ass department, men that obviously put their time in doing squats at the gym, but those guys were either hand-in-hand hand with another man or ugly in the face department. It's one of the reasons Bjorn so loved the fine art scene. Finally, she turned her eyes to him. Bjorn almost died from the shock. He was reminded of cold winters with his grandparents swimming in the near-freezing waters of the sea, that gripping, seizing, icy cold stab of acknowledgement that forced the breath from his body. The unexpected force of it stunned him, and here he stood, thirty-some years later, in a similar shock, but this time not in the privacy of the wide-open skies and the yawning, silent beaches of winter, but in a sleek, seductively lit room full of presumably cultured, stylish people, the most beautiful of all, who was scrutinizing him, one eyebrow cocked a quarter up and to the left, Bjorn quickly tried to find himself. Dear Aunt Agnes, who was this beautiful creature? And why has she just tried to kill him? And had it worked? 
Later that night, Bjorn, still very much alive, invited the beautiful woman, the one as beautiful as his own wife, to lunch the following week, someplace nice. She could pick the place and the day. All she had to do was call. Bjorn went home to his beautiful wife, Eva, who was not only funny and stunning, but also rich. There were many men who would kill to be in his place. He knew that. Bjorn smiled to himself. He wondered what kind of lives he'd led in his past lives to get to be so damned privileged in this one. He knew the picture was grim. It had probably been some pretty scary stuff. Maybe he'd starved to death in a prison camp or been buried alive after having been tortured for years in some form of degrading human slavery. Bjorn figured he'd probably been, at least this last time, a woman. Probably a woman again. He had such a connection with women. Loved them. All kinds. Not just the tall beauties, but literally all women. He loved their skin and their faces, the way their lips and mouths were different from a man's in ways he couldn't describe or explain. Bjorn loved all women's butts. He even loved the way women's butts smelled. Tits of all shapes and sizes, the way they all tasted. Different. But Bjorn loved everything about Eva the most. He had from the beginning. It wasn't love at first sight from across the room, but during their first conversation that he was made to understand that her power over him was undeniable. He had known at the exact moment he put his arm around her. He remembered his right arm. He hadn't meant anything by it even. They were talking and he shifted his weight and just ever so lightly put his right hand on the small of her back as they stood facing each other at a party in a friend's kitchen, unknowingly holding court with their private conversation. Their combined magnetism was all-consuming, not only for the two of them, but for anyone in the vicinity. As their conversation continued, people drifted in from other rooms and lingered openly watching them interact with each other, smiling when either of them said something witty, and the entire room laughing with them as they laughed. It had been magic, and still was at least for Bjorn. Bjorn wasn't sure what Eva felt. He was sure she loved him, that much he knew, but as for how exciting she found him, it was an area of great insecurity. He wanted Eva to want him. He wasn't jealous, but he couldn't stand the idea of another man taking up her private thoughts. So Bjorn Olsen did his best to keep himself not only in his wife's mind, but in the forefront. Today, he knew she'd been sent flowers. This was nothing special. It had been a part of the deal. Flowers. He knew she loved them and had arranged for regular deliveries. Once he got straight on all her favorite kinds, this was important. There were some flowers, he'd discovered, that she absolutely could not appreciate. He'd come to associate this emotional allergy with a category of flowers he created called death flowers. These were any flower, color, genus, or variety that his wife did not like. These were the flowers that, 
despite his earnest desire to do nothing but pleasantly surprise his wife, got him into trouble. Death flowers did more damage than good. An old flame of Eva's used to send her red roses. She hates the fellow. When roses were in season, and Bjorn began sending Eva enormous modern bouquets of red roses, not only was she displeased, but her mood darkened in ways that she couldn't explain, so she had just seemed irritable for no reason. Her bitchy moods on days when he'd done nothing but send her expensive flowers had confused Bjorn, until Eva, in an epiphany, realized what the problem was and had told him. He'd immediately added red roses to the list of shit never to bring to Eva. Eva had too much class to go into specifics with Bjorn on her reasons for snubbing the man the way she did when he'd approached her as she'd stood talking with Bjorn at a friend's art exhibition. Even though he was curious, Bjorn hadn't pressed the issue, assuming, just as he had at the time, that she must have had very valid reasons to have been so abrasive. As the guy had walked up, Eva had told him as soon as he was within earshot to get lost. But the man had stepped up to them anyway and extended his hand in a greeting to Bjorn, who, naturally taking Eva's side, refused to shake the man's hand, instead just looking at it suspended there in midair, like a crane on a shut-down construction site. Bjorn had smiled a confused smile at the man in the nautical-themed Pashmina Afghan. Sorry, buddy. It looks like you're the asshole tonight. And abruptly, Eva had turned her 100% full attention back to Bjorn and their conversation, leaving the man to catch the Vabers. She hadn't ever explained what it had all been about or who he was, and the subject hadn't come up again. Years later, the mystery of the jilted man remained unsolved. Bjorn remembered her behavior that night from time to time and privately hoped that someday Eva would want to discuss at least a few cursory details, but she'd left it in the basement, rotting in its cage, a cold case, until Bjorn had sent the red roses. It had been a touchstone in their relationship. In sharing what had really bothered her about the flowers, Eva had revealed a tender part of herself that he'd never seen before, the part of Eva that had gotten and was still hurt. It inspired him to be even more gentle with Eva, to be more considerate of her feelings. Because if they ever split up, he would have to slap the shit out of her if she yelled at him in an art gallery. And Bjorn didn't ever want to have to do that. Then Bjorn started thinking about what he might have to do to provoke such an aggressive response from anyone just by showing up someplace and trying to say hello. He'd been genuinely curious about what the man had done and wanted to know what the story was, purely for entertainment purposes, but felt he would have been begging a confidence too far to come right out and ask. Also, his request for information from Eva about her past would leave the door wide open for her to someday ask that he shed some light on some of his own shady pastures, and that wouldn't be healthy for anyone. In some respects, seeing her so belligerent shaded her light. On the upside, his unquestioned loyalty coupled with a bold move against another man on her behalf was a unique opportunity for Bjorn to show her his devotion in an obvious but still elegant way.
It was tactful and clear without being aggressive. Bjorn was intensely curious about the other man. It was a struggle to mind his own business, but he tempered his nosiness with class. It paid off. Not demanding any explanation from her, even after the man had left, allowing Eva to recover emotionally without the insidious request that she relive an unpleasant experience in the retelling of a story about someone she clearly hated, had scored him some additional points with Eva that took their relationship to the next level. She'd taken Bjorn's affections more seriously after that. There wasn't anything Bjorn wouldn't do for Eva. He'd kill for her. He had, in fact, but she didn't know that, and Bjorn would never tell her. It wasn't any of her business. Just because it was about her didn't give her any authority in the matter. Telling Eva about anything at all, in fact, telling any person anything at all, would invite commentary. In this case, his wife's opinion, which, especially since these deeds were done and the hatchets buried, Bjorn had little use of. He knew it was natural to feel protective of his wife, but he also knew that the growlings he felt deep inside weren't just run-of-the-mill basic fear-based human emotions. The gargoyles of his psychological cemetery were coming alive to prevent the rending of his peace of mind from the sanctuary of the petal-strewn place in his heart, where there was just space enough for he and Eva, and not even for any of their four children. Every person has different capacities for love, to give love, to receive it, and to share their beloved with others, like the way he had to share Eva with Goldie and vice versa. Bjorn Olsen had, for most of his life, preferred that he dedicate all his capacities to Eva. He wanted to give all his love to her and for her not to love anyone else. He wanted all of her attention on him and didn't want anyone trying to compete with her for his own. Just Bjorn and his girl, that's how he liked it best. When he and Eva had decided to start a family, it was a decision they'd made with their heads. Their hearts hadn't minded. They could afford to have children, so they had. But the children had never been Bjorn and Eva's life. They'd had nannies and family to help raise the kids. The Olsen kids were loved, and they knew it. Bjorn was sure of that. The siblings all loved each other and were all good kids. But his enthusiasm for them ended there. Bjorn was back to being more interested in his own life now. He'd already dealt with all the other parents. He'd already taught his share of good gardening practices, attended his share of scholastic debates, and cheered at his share of beach volleyball games. The Olsen clan was grown and strong and beautiful. Bjorn knew he'd given them a lot. And they had each other. It seemed like enough. Mr. Olson arrived at his gilded cage and looked around his empty nest. Polished canary wood. Gleaming copper. Elegant. Quiet. Inviting. He poured himself a drink and gazed for many minutes in a dreamy half-consciousness into the dark. He missed his wife. Bjorn fantasized about Goldie.